Welcome to CEC Explains, your deep dive into fascinating subjects from the worlds of engineering and the environment, brought to you by civil and environmental consultants. And now, from our CEC studios around the nation, this is CEC Explains. My name is Samantha Hirant, and I am one of the corporate recruiters here at Civil and Environmental Consultants. I've been in the recruiting world since 2014 with a variety of experience, including environmental, technical, and engineering recruiting. I've been with CEC for about nine months and specifically support the Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, and Athens office. However, CEC has offices nationwide um, with a total of about six recruiters. My role as a recruiter is always to find the best fit for our candidates, whether that means the role is located in one of my offices or across the country. Over the years, I've learned that the amount of information out there about what people believe to be the right way to get hired isn't always a reality. I'm excited to share my pearls of wisdom today to help give people the opportunity to find the life-changing job they've been looking for. So today we're going to talk about all things related to the hiring process, including tips and tricks on how to get a job at CEC, along with who we are, what we do, and why CEC is the place to be. And I want to introduce my co-podcaster, Brian Lance. He is a civil engineer by trade, and he is also the VP in the civil site practice for our Pittsburgh office. Hey, Sam. Uh, As Sam said, uh, Vice President at CEC. I've been here for about 12 years. I'm currently the practice lead in our civil site practice in the Pittsburgh office and is one of my responsibilities. I work closely with Sam and am responsible for hiring um, for our approximately 65 staff in our group. So we're going to talk about the process of getting hired at CEC on the recruitment side all the way to the hiring manager and the interviews. I think a lot of these tips and concepts might seem basic to a lot of people, but the reason we're bringing them up is because we repeatedly see them all week at interviews that, hey, we thought that this was known, but it's definitely not. And just different things to kind of navigate the space in our new world of hiring as well. We had about a thousand interviews company-wide in 2022. So far in 2023, in January, we had 120 interviews and that involves... Before the interviews, I would say we average about 4,000 phone screens per year between six recruiters. So we work at a pretty high volume. We want to make hires. Like We are out there trying to find the best candidates. And I think the next step in this process is we'll talk about resume basics and how to stand out. The baseline expectation is that you're technically qualified for the position. Would you agree, Brian? Absolutely. Yeah, I would say, um, you know, just thinking about uh, how the process goes, the resume doesn't always go directly to the person that may be making the hiring decision, right? When we work together, Sam, a resume probably comes to you first most of the time, and you're going to review it from a probably non-technical um, perspective. Does this person meet the, the minimum criteria for what we're looking for? So at a minimum, you have to check those boxes for the recruiter to pass it along to the hiring manager. Yes, it's very important when you're writing your resume to realize that it's going to go through multiple steps. Different people, different backgrounds are reading your resume. Like Brian said, I'm not technical. Granted, you know, I've been in this like the engineering space for a while, so I, I have an understanding. But again, the nitty gritty of what it is to be, say, a civil engineer, I don't know. But on that resume, you think it's basic, but your contact information needs to be on there and correct. 
name, general location, email, and a phone number. Example, this week, I had somebody who had a number on their resume that was different than the one they used to apply for. So I called the one on their resume and it was incorrect. So then I go and check their other phone number. So, you know, you want to make sure that as basic as it is, your phone number is correct. I think those simple items are important. Um, a couple of things from just from CEC's perspective that we look for, you know, quality is really, really important to us. It's, it's what we do at the end of the day, we deliver quality. That's what we focus on. So typos, misspellings, really encourage folks to try to catch those before they send a resume out. It, it really leaves a bad impression if there's an error on a resume. Yeah, and even your emails, we want to make sure right now Gmails are free. We are not sponsored by Google, but you know you can easily make make an email that is professional, simple. You can make one that's specifically only for jobs if you want to get organized in that way. And we really don't want you to use your company email, your company phone number. Like we don't want. We want to be respectful yeah. of everybody's yeah. privacy. Yes, we don't want to create any issues. Very Absolutely. important. And then. For experience, job title, company, and dates of employment. I think it's an easier on the recruiting side and the hiring manager side if you address time gaps in your resume. I think some people get nervous about that, but in today's day and age with layoffs, feel free to add that you were laid off. Yeah, that's or okay. I mean, it's, you know, I think everybody reevaluated life during COVID. I think that's fair to say. And we've seen a lot of resumes come in where people just they said, hey, I'm, I'm going to take off and do some things I want to do for a while. Um, don't try to hide those. Don't hesitate. Just be forthright and, and forthcoming and say, hey, I, I took some time off to do some personal things. Yeah, we saw a really good example recently that they called it, you know, a planned career hiatus. They described that they had an intentional pause to complete personal projects and per- pursue unconventional lines of employment. And I think they worked at a ski resort and did some like snowmaking. And it was like, OK, this totally makes sense why there's this big gap, because I am going to ask you about that. Now, here's something that we know that a hiring manager and a recruiter is differing on. So I personally am okay with a resume that goes over one page. Brian, I think you feel differently. I think it depends, Sam. If it, I think if it's pertinent to the job you're applying for and you want to show detail and skill sets that apply to, to the job that you're seeking, I think that's okay. And, and just for perspective, like you said, you're looking at thousands of resumes every year. Yes, a lot of resumes. So many resumes. And these are personal preferences, but just some considerations. You know, I think be intentional and make sure you're thinking through if you have a lot of information that that you know why it's on there and it's important to what you're applying for. And something that stands out on a resume for me is it being easy to read, having some white space, having some simplicity. Again, I read so many resumes. So if you're visual simplicity is if the visual simplicity is there I'm it's way more approachable for me I know I can like look at the info see it quickly and get my job done efficiently and quickly absolutely I, I would say too it's it's really kind of an insight uh, for me something that we do as engineers is we write a lot right we write reports we communicate uh, our calculations and our technical work in reports so ability to communicate clearly and concisely, um, I think that shines through in how you present your resume. And speaking of different resumes, I do think according to what we're hiring for, 
it does kind of tailor a resume. So at CEC as a whole, the, the positions that we're hiring for, clearly in our name, civil and environmental. But we're also hiring structural, mechanical, electrical, architectural, and then on the corporate side, in marketing, accounting, HR. So Brian, being on the technical side and having a more technical resume, is going to be looking for technical information. You know, on a marketing side, they're going to maybe be looking more at your format and your branding and, you know, what type of experience you have in that aspect. So I do think you do need to tailor it to your field as well. I agree. And not even say more specifically to the exact position you're applying for, right? So if you're applying for a job that's, that's listed as land development engineer, please tell us about your land development engineering experience. Um, If you have other experience that's tangentially related, that's good. And that's useful to know. Uh, But maybe that's stuff we talked about in the interview um, after we get through the most applicable items. Yeah. And, Something to know on my side is don't put just land development, experience land development. What aspects of land development have you been a part of? You can put, I'm a civil engineer, but there's so many aspects of that. I'm an environmental engineer. What aspects are you doing? You know, if you're a mechanical engineer, there's so many different varieties of mechanical engineers. I need to know what you did specifically. And that also leads into the specifics. Tell me what you accomplished not just what you were responsible for, what, what has impacted the business, what, what projects you've worked on and what parts of the projects and the goals you've helped accomplish. I think that's also important to show. Absolutely. I mean, really, you're, you're trying to sell yourself, right? So tell us all the, the best qualities and best traits and things that are most applicable to the job you're applying for. Yeah. And speaking of selling yourself, I think that's a really important part. Sometimes I think people get nervous and they don't want to seem like self-centered or egotistical. Like, you're in an interview like you like we're there because of you like you are the star of the show right now Absolutely. and we want to know why you're a star so don't that's a good point don't get don't, in your own don't way. be too modest yeah absolutely also with tailoring resumes we can tell if you're just blasting out a resume it you know sometimes the objective at the top says you know i'm applying for a land development at company xyz and we're company ABC. Like you are just blasting it out. The company, you put a wrong company name in there. We know you barely probably read the description. You can tell. Sam, you mentioned something that was interesting. The objective at the top. Yes. So just, just personal preference questions. Should you have an, an objective at the top of your resume? An objective is not super important to me. I want to open up a resume, go right to your first job and see your experience and what you've done. Then I'll go back to that objective, skim it. Sometimes I think objectives are kind of used to just show that you wrote an objective. But if it truly does make sense, but it's not important to me, is it important to you? No, I agree. I, uh, I mean, to me, the objective is you're applying for a job. The objective is to get hired for that job. If there's something more, something kind of outside the lines, um, a, a more uh, a broader goal you're after with your career that maybe isn't specific specifically outlined in the, the job description we have posted, that's good to know. But yeah, an objective is not not a must for me either. Yeah. And the clear and concise way to communicate that Brian talked about earlier, that's what I'm looking for on that first page. I'm not going to lie. Like if I see in that first job experience that you're hitting everything in the job description and everything I need, I already know I'm going to send you a request to have a, have a phone interview. So, you know, if it's clear, concise, right there at the top, you're going to move on quickly. 
Absolutely. And, you know, this is different, like you said, for technical positions versus non-technical positions. But from a from an engineering perspective, we're technical people, right? Mm-hmm. So we want to see numbers. We want to see what projects did you manage? Um, how big were they in terms of size, acreage, dollar amounts? How many people did you work with or oversee? Um, what were your accomplishments uh, that you can quantify uh, in terms of numbers? And then I'd say, I think we're at the step where, you know, the recruiter decided to do a phone screen. We have, you know, discussed your background. We've talked about any gaps you might have in your employment. But a question I always ask somebody is, why are you looking to make a change? And that is important to talk about because I need to know your motivations for changing a job. Because if you're unhappy at your job now for a certain reason, if you're going into the same environment at CEC, you might not be happy. So we want it to be a symbiotic relationship. Like you need to be happy. We need to be happy. We don't want to lie to you and say, everything's fine here. Like we're going to talk about what you don't like and make sure that you're not coming into that same scenario because we want you to stay here forever if you'll stay with us. So are, are, we're, I mean, I don't want to skip ahead to the interviews yet. Uh, I think, I think we're, we'll get on to that, but um, you know, on that note, we, in our interviews, I think we do tend to talk a lot about CEC, maybe more than a typical interview. We, we want to know about you. We want to know about your skills and qualifications and what you want. But we also want to tell you about us. We want to make sure it fits culturally. So we can get into that more. I do have one mulligan, if I can, Sam. Mm-hmm. On a resume, um, we get both. And I don't, know, I don't know if we've talked through the right or wrong answer or if there is one. You put a picture on a resume. Oh, we'll definitely talk about this. No, don't do it. Don't do it. It's it's a little bit weird to me, um, but I I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer. Sounds like we agree. I Probably do. Probably a <laughs> I think there is a right or wrong answer here. I don't want. I don't think it matters to see your face. It, I mean, if you're going on Broadway, like you should definitely have a headshot. Like you should have a face. Like that makes sense. But for here, your face is not a condition of employment. Agree. Yeah. So, Sam, let's say we get through the the resume review process. What happens next? I I probably, maybe we talked about this candidate, but I don't know that, um, you know, we're not talking about an interview just yet. Right. So, phone screen. First, we review the resume. Things are checking boxes. I will most likely send you an email or give you a call that's like, hey, let's set up a time to have a phone screen, a phone interview. Gotcha. It is nice. When you do set up that quickly, that timely response, it shows your interest. It shows that you're excited. It shows that, you know, you're checking your email, like you're out there, you're ready to go. And we set up that phone screen. I give you a call. Something that I think is lacking on a lot of phone calls is to sound awake and to sound interested. I get a little stressed out when someone sounds like I just woke them up for a nap for like a scheduled phone screen. Like you knew this was coming. You know, you scheduled it for 10. I Am I interrupting your day? I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, I do appreciate people taking the time. And this sounds like, I mean, there's there's one side of this that sounds like, all right, we're being really particular. These aren't important things. You know, it doesn't really matter. But I think people might be surprised. Like, it, I don't want to say it's rare, but it doesn't happen all that often when, like, people are very punctual. People are prepared. People have thought through these items. It really stands out 
and it really makes a big difference in the hiring process, at least to me. I think it does. It does. If I can get through all my steps in the process seamlessly without having to like chase people down, re-ask questions, like reschedule, like I already know this person has, has it together and I think they have the basics of being a good employee here. So completely. even if you're not technically qualified, at least you might have the skills to learn more. You know, you're half you're halfway there on the technical side, but your personality and everything carries you the rest of the way through. Um, it is nice that people greet us and let us know who they are because um, I know I've had people that just are like, hi. And I'm like, did I call the right number? Do you think that I'm someone else like that? It's kind of the, the professionalism. Yeah. Yep. And then we talk about where you're located, I think is really important. Commutes can be a lot for people and that can wear down over time. So I really like to make sure that commuting is okay. I got remote work is a big topic right now. And we'll get into that more uh, here a little bit later, but that's something to talk through on a phone screen. Well, yeah, always. We can talk about it now. You know, I know you live 30 minutes away or you live 50 minutes away. That 50 minutes is way more palatable because we do have a hybrid work policy and it can make, it opens up our radius because you aren't having to drive in all the time. So that's right. nice. Yeah, we like the collaborative nature. We like people being in the same room together. Um, the learning environment's just a little bit different than it is over Teams or, or online otherwise. Um, but there are certainly a lot of folks that have a preference to work full-time remote. And it's important that we know that up front. Mm-hmm. Just so everybody has the same expectations. We know what we're going into um, and we're evaluating it accordingly. Yeah, and we don't want to get, you know, to the end of the interview, and then you say, I want 100% remote. Like, we don't want to waste your time or the hiring manager's time. So we just like to be very upfront about those policies. And then, so I will ask you about why you're looking to change jobs. And I think what's important is to not be vague in those answers. A lot of people will tell me they're just looking to see what's out there. To me, you don't seem serious. you're, you're going to waste people's time. We don't want to waste your time. Like there has to be a driving factor that's motivating you to look for jobs. What are, if I can ask them, what are good answers that you've received? Um, I know some people think this one's jarring, but some people are just a hundred percent undercompensated and you know, that's something that's a big part of life. And they're they're really honest, honestly with me. They're like, Hey, I'm severely underpaid. I've asked for raises. You know, we don't get, um, bonuses. We don't have any like performance plans, things like that. So they're just like, there's no progression. So professional growth, mm-hmm. salary, that's fair. Absolutely. Yeah. And also it is okay to say that maybe you don't get along with your project manager or your boss. Like, you know, you might just not sync up with the team and that's okay. It can just not be the right cultural fit for you. And there's a way to say that without bad mouthing your employer. So it's okay to be honest about why you're looking. I was going to say, just be honest. Yeah. So you mentioned salary is something you should talk about on the phone screen. I think it's important for people to know, don't be shy about that. It's okay. It's, you know, some people are very hesitant to talk about dollars and what their job, what their salary expectations are. Um, Would you agree? Is that how you feel about it? Yes, definitely talk about it. That is one of the major reasons we come to work. If it's, you're not getting paid, that's called volunteering. Yeah, like, right. There's a, there are a lot of reasons I love to come to work at CEC. I love the culture. I love the people I work with. I love the opportunities. But getting a paycheck is an important part of coming to work. 
part two. It is. So. so let's discuss it. Let's have an idea. Let's not get all the way down through the process and then find out that we're on completely separate pages of what we're looking for in terms of compensation. Because I just wasted your time. You wasted our time. Like a lot of times people need to take off time of work to come to an interview or rearrange That's their schedules, point. find childcare, like all these different factors to make time for an interview. And if it doesn't align in the front end, like you don't need to make all those Just be open, be honest. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think we're a really transparent company. We tell you the good, the maybe where we can improve, what makes sense for what you're saying. If something doesn't align with what you're saying, we want to tell you right away. We want to make we sure you're happy We don't think it's here. a good fit. We want to tell you that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And we also want to give you enough information that you can tell that maybe we're not the right fit for you versus you not being the right fit for us. Like you do have that power to assess a company that you're going to be spending minimally 40 hours a week at. Like you spend so much time at work. You got to be happy. That's a good point. We, you know, we want to tell you what, what the benefits of CEC are, why, why we work here, why we love working here, what we have to offer, but it's not a sales pitch. We want you to come work here because we want, because you want to be here. Right. Mm -hmm. So we want to make sure it's a good fit. Okay, so uh, let's say the phone screen goes well. So we've, we've done the resume review. Let's progress to a phone screen. What's next? After the phone screen, I kind of type up a little summary, The you know talk about the important things we talked about on our phone screen, and I send that off to the hiring managers where they'll then review, hey, the technical side of things, or you know, let's bring them in, or maybe not a fit. Is there anything that you look for in the notes that I send you or in the resume that stand out to you. Guess what? What do you see in that review process that just makes you say yes? Let's set up an interview. Usually, after the resume review, and this is just my my perspective, but um, I think we have a good idea of if it's going to be a good fit or not. And the phone screen is just a confirmation, right? Did, as long as there wasn't anything out of left field we weren't expecting, um, everything generally aligns with what we were expecting to see. Um, we get that confirmation from you and then we proceed with scheduling an interview. Right. So once I get that green light, I give you a call. We figure out some times that make sense for you. We work with the hiring manager schedule. Usually you're, you're meeting with, you know, one or two people, sometimes a little more than that, just depending on the group, but you're not going to be bombarded with 10 people. In Absolutely not. Nope. So we let you know the location, the time, and we do let you know before your interview who you're meeting with. So that does give you an opportunity to definitely research the people that you'll be talking to. And I think that's important to know before you go into an interview. But yeah, it's game day. It's interview time. Like the show's going to start. Um, it's prob- probably doesn't need to be said, but don't show up late. No, it happens. It happens more than people might think. Um, not a good impression, but you know, I will say this, there are times when things happen that are beyond people's control, right? We've all been driving to work and there's an accident or who knows what, right? Um, just, just communicate that. It's okay. We're, we're human beings too. We understand life happens. Let us know, Hey, I'm really sorry. There was an accident. I'm sitting in traffic. I'll be there as soon as I can. That, that goes a long ways. Very long ways. And then on the opposite side of that, Please do not show up too early. Sometimes people show up about an hour early and, you know, that people have packed schedules. So we have to make you wait and we don't want to make you wait. You know, we, we, a lot of this time, we're excited to meet you. But if it's an hour before your scheduled time. We might not be prepared. Yeah. Yeah, 
absolutely. So I say sweet spot 10, 15 minutes before your interview. That's the perfect time to show up, show that, you know, you can be punctual a little bit early, that you're excited. That gives people time to part of what we like to do with our inter- interview process is typically Sam, you will show them around, kind of give them a mm-hmm. tour of the building, um, show them our gym, you know, our large seminar rooms, our cafe, some of the amenities uh, before the actual interview starts. Yeah, definitely. So that's always nice to get to see the whole building where you would be working. And then something else that I think is important when you come to an interview is have something in your hand that can be a folder, a notebook, a bag, like something that, you know, maybe has the copies of your resume. So I was going to say questions, prepared questions. questions. Absolutely. Yeah. You walk in with nothing and I'm like, where are your questions? Do you have a copy of your resume? Where are you going to put the information? Like I, I have a whole packet that I give you that talks about CEC and our company and our different groups. And it's just nice. It shows that you're ready to, to take on anything. Um, For sure. And like you said, questions. Questions are very important. Yeah, I mean, we'll, ha- we'll have questions for the interviewee, of course. We want to know more about them, what they did, what their strong suits are, what it is they want to do. What do they want in a job? Why Why was CEC interesting to them? Why? How'd they hear about us? Those are questions we'll go through no matter what, but... I think some of the most valuable interview time is when the person that's being interviewed has a chance to ask us questions, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's as much, to me, it's as much about them interviewing us to see if they want to work with us as it is us interviewing them. 100%. I would say the most common questions that we get, they always talk about company culture. What that's do you, yeah, how would you explain CEC's company culture? It's such a broad topic. Yeah, it is. is one of the first questions that comes up with everybody. Um, And honestly, it's something we really try to focus on in the interviews. Um, Culture is really nebulous and it's really hard to define. And if you ask 10 different people, you get 10 different answers. But what I would say our culture in the civil site practice in the Pittsburgh office is we work really hard, but we have a lot of fun. We like the people that we work with. It's rewarding. I would say culture for me in the recruiting HR side of things, I think is definitely probably a little bit different than, you know, the technical, the project base, the engineering side. Um, how it differs for me is one of my favorite things about working here is that I think you're hired to do a job and you're trusted to do it. You know, you're given support. You have training. You're never Trust left on an important. island. But you're trusted to do your job. I never feel micromanaged. I think as long as you're getting your work done and, you know, you're doing it correctly and and putting the effort in, that gets recognized. Flexibility is a big part of our culture. Mm -hmm. People have, you know, things happen. People have families, children, relatives, whatever. Um, Somebody gets sick. We get that, right? So if you need to come in late one day and make it up the next day or we understand that. It happens to us, too. That's part of life. Um, at the end of the day, I think, you know, our culture here is we're professionals. We have things we have to get done, right? That's why we're at work. Um, and to a large degree, it's up to us to manage our time and how we get that done, um, just to make sure we get done in time. One thing I always tell people what we're not in terms of culture. Yeah. We are not. Uh, we, we are a lot of very technical people. But we are not a place where you come in. I've been in some engineering firms where you walk in and all you hear is clicking on a keyboard and it's totally silent. If you walk over into the civil site teams, 
guarantee somebody's laughing, possibly throwing something over a cube wall, you know, having a good time, right? We're working hard, but we're, we're enjoying it and we enjoy the people that we work with. And I walk around this office all day going to the different departments, talking to different managers, just because I recruit for all the different groups. I think that's reflected through the whole office and not just civil. I think environmental, eco, um, air quality, all of these groups all have a good mindset. I agree. Yeah. In general, people are happy to be here. Um, and then I'd say one of the next questions that we receive is about training and continuing education. Something that's built into our policy is when you get your PE, we will pay for it. And as soon as you receive your professional engineering license, you automatically get a salary increase. That's just automatic. You don't have to like apply for anything. It's not, you know, certain people and not other people. It is just what it is. It's just the rule we have. And I think to have that built into a policy, like really respects people, you know, self-improvement education. We want our employees to be better. It's a huge focus. Mm -hmm. Um, And knowing people are interested in getting their FE or their PE, that's important. That tells us people are driven, right? That's something we want to hear about in the interview. Um, If you don't have it, but you're planning to take it, tell us that. That's that's important information. We do try to be super supportive. That's part of our culture, too. Um, We want to help people financially, you know, take a review class to study for the PE exam. Pay them the day they go to take the exam, right? That's that's work-related, absolutely. CEC is just really supportive. That's one of the things that attracted me to CEC when I joined 12 years ago. Um, You rarely... If ever, I don't know if I've ever heard no or been told no when somebody wants to pursue something, you know, related to professional development. Hey, there's a training. Can I go to this? Absolutely. I mean, we want you to be better at your job. We want you to have that uh, kind of rewarding factor and, and feel that you're getting the things that you need to grow professionally here. And even for people who aren't in the technical space, I know as a recruiter, I have the opportunity. We call them brown bags that over lunch. That's a great point. Yeah. yeah, we there's you know one on CAD design. I'm going to attend that next week. I think it's important to understand what everyone in the company is doing. So I'm invited to that. Everyone in the company is invited to that. So you can learn about the CAD side of the company. So it's just kind of an environment of continuous learning. Mm-hmm. And again, on the non-technical side... I currently am enrolled with a diversity and inclusion certification that I'm in the process of doing just to make sure that we're a well-rounded team. I know on the marketing side, they do digital marketing certifications that it's through university, the company pays for it. There's all these aspects of where you don't have to be an engineer, you're still supported. Even though it's an engineering company, the corporate side is equally as supportive. It's a great clarification. Yeah. It's, it's not limited to technical aspects. It's mm-hmm. This is what we do at CDC yeah. across the board. Yeah, so it's it's a good place to be. To, has a lot of I'll just mention tuition reimbursement, too. That's something yeah. else that we, that we do that's a great program. Um, folks want to go back and pursue a different degree, another degree, you know, master's. Um, I got my MBA when I was here at CEC and they supported me through that. And that's, that goes a long ways. Yeah. It really does. Sam, another question that comes up a lot in interviews is folks want to know what types of, uh, I'll use the word extracurricular activities, like what type of employee groups are available, um, kind of like social type groups um, for folks to be involved in? Yeah, so we have about five big ones that that we focus on here at CEC. 
we have CEC Fit for people who want to be active, promote a healthy lifestyle, different programs that you can join, you know, to network throughout the company, you know, make friends. I know I recently saw an email about signing up for the Pittsburgh Marathon could never be me, but I'm really excited that people who do like to run have, have a group to do that with. Some friendly competitions. We do the yeah. biggest loser competition every year. Yeah. Just general healthy lifestyle yep. focused group. Um, they have different challenges, walking challenges, you know, meditation, breathing, drinking enough water. Like it doesn't always have to be at the level of the marathon. So there's a spot for everyone. We have CC women, which is where we want to focus on like recruiting and retaining talent with women in the consulting industry, provide professional development opportunities, promote collaborative networking of professional women, and then also facilitate leadership and growth inside and outside of CEC. So that's also one of our big groups focused on women. We also have CEC Ignite. It is a group steered by the younger professionals, but for all the employees, the, the point of it is to accelerate the connections of young professionals. So when, when you're at the entry level part of your career, it's an opportunity to make those connections, get that early exposure to the business and learn professional and different business development opportunities. So we're not just, we're focused on every level of careers. We also have CEC community. Uh, volunteering is important. We want to enrich our communities. We want to give back. People taking their professional talents and volunteering that. And then also just, you know, helping out in any aspect they want to volunteer. That's, think- that's really rewarding. I, I've just, mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of people do that. Um, it can be Habitat for Humanity. Or it could be, you know, just going to help at a soup kitchen, something local. But CEC supports it. And it's, it's very rewarding. It and, is. And CEC will even pay for half a day. You know, yeah. take PTO, they'll donate four hours uh, and pay you to promote something like that. I was shocked by that when I joined here, that I can get a half day to go volunteer. Like, that's it, It's tough to, like, do you want to take your weekend? Like, that's great, but also you can take a work time to do it. Absolutely. Which I think is a very fun perk. Last but not least, one of our bigger groups is um, IDEA. So this is actually an acronym. It stands for inclusion as essential to professional life, diversity in the workforce, equality and opportunity and awareness to understand, respect and appreciate others. That's another group that we have for, you know, diversity, inclusion, equality that we want to help people from all different backgrounds, all different types be welcomed here at CEC. Yeah, we get questions on it a lot. Another, um, I just categorize these more broadly. Some of the best questions we get at interviews are questions that I think make the folks doing the interview kind of reflect on themselves. Mm-hmm. Some of the deeper questions, um, some ones that come up from time to time that that have impressed me are, uh, hey Brian or hey Sam, what what's the favorite? What's your favorite thing you've ever worked on at CDC? Who are the who are the best people you've worked with? Like the the coolest projects, the smartest people, whatever it is um, that really make people reflect and think about you know. The things that it is it's, that are at CEC that, that we like and why we're here. We get a lot of what's the, what is the career path at CEC? That's a big one. It's one we talk about a lot. I mean, Sam and I talk a lot about. So here at CEC, we have what we call our DMML model. DMML is an acronym for Do Manage Market Lead. And it's an important part of who we are. Um, we're a little bit different than some engineering firms in that we don't have a business development department. We don't have somebody that goes out and gets projects 
and then separate people that execute projects. That that's all us, right? We're we're doer sellers. Um, so the DMML, just from beginning of your career to the end, and I think that's important too. We don't ever hire for jobs. We don't have a big right. project, and we staff up, and then when that project's done, we let people go. We hire for careers. Yes. Right. We hire. We make sure it's the right fit. We have so many people that have been here for. 20, 25, 30 years, it's really unbelievable. We have people that have been here 30 plus years and this was their first job out of school. I think that's really telling. Um, But DMML, do manage market lead, just to touch on that. So you come out of school, you're a doer. You're learning your technical craft. You're learning the ins and outs of whatever it is you're focused on. Um, Say it's grading or erosion and sedimentation control, stormwater management. Those are things that are important in our group. But whatever it is, you kind of become a master in the technical aspects. So you're a doer. And then you naturally begin to manage smaller tasks. So let's say you know how to design stormwater, Sam. You've done it 100 times now. Maybe somebody else can do it and you can help them. So you naturally start helping to manage some smaller tasks and that just evolves over time to multiple tasks coordinating with other groups and then managing projects overall so that's the managed piece and then marketing is a really important one to us and that's a really scary nasty word for engineers Um, when i interviewed 12 years ago and we talked about marketing and sales made me uncomfortable Right. I I think, would you agree? A lot of engineers are introverts. We're engineers because we're not salesmen. And even even I hear that. I'm a recruiter. I talk to people all day, every day. It's my job. But a little bit hearing that marketing side, I even get a little nervous. But it's not, when you break it down, it's not as scary. My answer to people is always, I wished I knew then what I know now. There's nothing, if you'd asked me 12 years ago, what interest I had in marketing or selling work, I had to turn around and run, mm-hmm. right? I had zero interest. But what marketing is at CEC is it's, it's about quality. It's about doing good work. That's the best marketing that I do is doing good work, making clients happy and wanting them to come back for, for repeat business. That's an important piece of marketing. Um, it's not cold calling. It's not going out and trying to hard sell. We don't do that. Mm-hmm. It's developing relationships. It's um, expanding your network in a, again, not the hard sell approach, right? Just, hey, I Sam, I know you. We've worked together. Let's go to this event that's coming up. And maybe somebody you know is there and you introduce me, right? And it's really just kind of that natural network expansion, um, just having good relationships with folks. That's what it comes down to. And I think you touched on a really important part is it's doing good quality work and having those good relationships with your clients that you can say, hey, what's down the pipeline? Like that counts. Absolutely. And, <laughs> yeah. and you know, maybe that client has a friend that works at another company that needs help. And they're like, oh, you know, hey, Sam did a really great job. Why don't you give her a call? She's been able to help me out. So don't let all that to say, don't let marketing or sales be a scary word. It's not. It's quite the opposite. It's more opportunity, right? Once you once you understand that and you've kind of experienced and it's not scary anymore, it's almost empowering, right? It's like, hey, I'm 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 getting these opportunities to come in because people know me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an important important part of what we do at CEC. And then the last piece is the L, the lead, right? So 
these are cumulative. When you go from doer to manager to marketer, you don't stop doing or stop managing, right? You just, you add on. It's, it's additional responsibilities in your job. So as you progress through naturally, you begin leading, you know, technical aspects or business aspects or di- different avenues of leadership at CDC. It's clear, it's defined. And I think we paint that picture very clearly before you start so you know what you're getting into. And it's nice to know that you there is a track to follow. So kind of with the DMML model in mind, this is gonna sound weird, Sam, but we, we always make a point to say this in our interviews in the, in the civil site practice. It's my job to make you take my job. What the heck does that mean? Yes, please clarify. <laughs> so that speaks to opportunity and growth and advancement. Um, and, and what it means, I was told that when I interviewed here 12 years ago. Okay. You kind of, you know, cock your head to the side. And you're like, what? What does that mean? Um, so what it means is I want to find the person that I want to, to train to become the next Brian. Mm-hmm. God help them. Yeah. <laughs> but right If I can convey everything I know and mentor somebody and teach somebody and coach them to be comfortable doing the things that I'm currently doing, and I've got somebody doing that same thing to me, it lets each of us move up, right? Mm -hmm. If, Sam, you're going to take over the things that I'm doing now because we've worked together closely and, and we've shared that knowledge with each other, then I can go on and do something else right? Whatever the next thing is. And then you're going to do the same. Who's the next Sam? So you're going to convey everything you know, and this happens over time, right? It, it takes time, but it's something that we like to keep in mind. So you convey everything that you've learned to somebody else, and then you can move on. So, you know, it does sound funny, but I can tell you, I have seen it happen so many times here at CEC. The person that interviewed me when we started is now our CEO. And I've just, I've watched it happen time and time again. So I just thought I'd add that. No, that's fine. And I think it's important to know about mentoring opportunity, growth, advancement. Our current CEO was a civil engineer here. So I think that's a really good example of how you can move about this company. It says a lot. Yeah. Absolutely. I think... What's really cool is that everybody in this company is on a bonus plan. That as I create offer letters, as I'm recruiting, as I'm doing positions the whole way across the board for this company, everybody has a bonus plan, has that potential to earn extra money on top of whatever they're receiving for their salary. Very performance focused, right? Mm -hmm. We do good as an office. We do good as a company. We all reap the benefits of that, right? And I think that speaks to something deeper, which is something else we always talk about. Um, you know, one of the things that, that we love about CC is that we're employee owned, mm-hmm. right? It matters if we do good because anybody and everybody can be a shareholder. I use the term shareholder kind of in air quotes. You know, at some companies, that's like a very prestigious thing. Somebody's invested their life savings to become a shareholder at the company is not at all what a shareholder means at CEC. Anybody can become a shareholder. Um, You don't have to. You're not treated differently if you are or if you aren't. But we all own the company together. So it's kind of, it's an added level of like personal investment. Mm -hmm. And I think it makes us all think a little bit differently about doing a good job. Right. And speaking to the performance, we do have regular performance reviews 
which not every company has. It's a time to sit down, talk with your manager, see, you know, you set goals. Did you reach those goals? So you do have a plan in place. You have goals in place and it's, it's a measurable metric. Something we yeah. check in on regularly. There's got to be a plan, right? Mm-hmm. I, what, what's my plan? Where am I heading in five years? You know, what's my goal? We want that to be clear. We want to help people get there. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think another thing that we like to talk about is we've been really lucky at CEC in terms of growth. Mm-hmm. It's just, I was joking with somebody the other day. We opened two new offices recently, and I found out about it by looking on our company intranet page, right? It's just, it's become such, it's become- It's a norm. It's a norm. It's like, oh yeah, we opened an office in Arizona and an office in Texas. When I started 12 years ago, I think we had, I don't know the exact number, I'm going to say less than 12 offices. And fast forward 12 years, we've got I think 30 offices at this point. Mm Mm-hmm true national footprint, right? Austin down to the Carolinas, all the way out to California. I mean, it's really incredible when you stop and think about it. Yeah. It's really cool. Another selling point of CEC is we do engagement surveys. And I think that gives our employees an opportunity to put on paper, to show leadership, what we're looking for, what we're happy with, what we're not happy with, how we can improve. And those engagement surveys are are scrutinized. They're reviewed. They're really focused on so that we can put goals in place for the company. And then those are also communicated with everyone. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that all goes back to culture, right? I mean, it's everybody from the top to the bottom wants to be here because it's a good place to work. And we want to make sure it continues to be a good place to work. And and what constitutes a good place to work changes over time. And, and management has been fantastic about soliciting input from everybody and not just asking the questions, but implementing change based mm-hmm. on the feedback. One of the reasons why I decided to work at CEC is our good reputation. And that does carry some weight. It really does. And, and having a good reputation and working at a company that does, is, is ethical and does the right thing for projects and produces quality work is important. I think that's a huge point. Another thing comes up a lot that I bring up a lot in interviews is transparency. Mm -hmm. I think that's something that's really unique to CEC. Um, I know I came from a different company 12 years ago. Um, I was not really privy to what happened financially with the company. And I think that's fairly common in engineering consulting firms in general. I remember one of the first meetings, it's total open book, like, hey, here's how we did this, this financial period. Um, you know, we did good here, we were profitable here, we did really bad here, this wasn't good. You get to say it all, the good, bad, and the ugly, right? And it goes back to, we're all owners, mm-hmm. right? So this is this is our money and our business performance that, that we need to review together as owners. So. Um, I, I think I think it is really unique. Like I said, um, there's nothing that goes on behind closed doors. It's total open book policy. Yeah, and that's nice. No surprises. No surprises. Okay, Sam, so interview's over. Let's say it went well. Is it appropriate for people to follow up in the interim? Yes, I love a timeline. I love to give, you know, my best estimate of say, hey, you know, we do have more interviews. I know that they're wrapping up in a week. We should be in touch with you around then. And I always let people know if 
If not, if you think it's been too long since you've heard from me, call me, email me. You're definitely not bothering me. If anything, it shows you want the job more. You can send thank you emails. You, you know, I can forward those along to the hiring managers if you don't have their contact info. It is nice. I yeah. mean, if if after the interview, again, part of that process is the interviewee deciding if this is a place that they'd like to come and work. So that lets us know, hey, they're receptive to it. They enjoyed it. They don't think we're crazy. Yeah. I love to call and check in and say, hey, how did you feel? Because Absolutely. I mean, yeah. that's that's very important. You you do have to like us, just like what you were saying. Just a simple follow-up email. Hey, appreciate the interview. It was nice to meet you. I look forward to hearing back. I mean, that, that says something. It does. I think it goes a long ways. It does. It's great. But yeah. And then next, I mean, ultimately, we decide if we're going to hire you. Um, next steps, you know, we I think we go through a pretty rigorous approval process on our end. But that speaks to the, we don't hire for a specific project. We hire, we want to hire you for life if you want to stay here. So we make sure we're reviewing the finances, the work that you can handle it, that, you know, you are going to like being with us so that we never have to lay people off. And I think if, if that does take too long, it's worth it in the end because we're, we're really making sure that it's going to make sense for you forever. If you want to We want to make sure it's a good fit. Mm-hmm. Right. And, I mean, we should just talk about that. It, it's again, I think it's somewhat unique here, but every offer that we make, again, how many offers did you guys make last year? Several hundred easily. Yes. Every single offer has to go through not only the hiring manager, they'd initiate it, right? In recruiting, mm-hmm. it goes through the office lead, mm-hmm. it goes through our COO, mm-hmm. it goes through our president. Every single offer. I mean, think about that. That, yeah. that, that's just, that's how important the hiring piece and the cultural fit piece is um, when we're making that decision. Yeah. And it definitely shows how involved our leadership is. It's yes. great. And they're all going to help you and talk to you. And the access to leadership is not strictly just Pittsburgh. You know, we have all the offices nationwide. They can get in touch with leadership easily. That's a great point. Yeah. Pittsburgh happens to be our headquarters, um, but our management is routinely traveling to every office that we have on a regular basis, open forum meetings, you know, inviting all staff, come with questions. We're here to answer them. It's really a cool thing. All right. So I think that kind of wraps up the interview process. Yeah, I think so. Hopefully that sheds some light on at least at CEC, kind of what the process is, some things to think about, um, hopefully some tips that might help you. Um, if you are looking for a job, but you know, all that to say, it's a lot more than just submitting a resume and getting hired, right? There's a lot that happens, a lot of effort, a lot of processes, a lot of thought goes into this. We hire for so many different positions here. We have a ecology practice. We have survey, we have designers and drafters that we're hiring for, um, on the cultural resources side, waste management, environmental structural, mechanical, electrical, architectural. We have geologists, we have GIS, we have the corporate side from admins, marketing, HR, accounting. It's endless. It's air quality. People don't even know about air quality. We probably missed some, I'm sure we did. But um, I think it's fair to say we have more, again, it's a really unique hiring environment right now. but we have more postings than we have qualified candidates. And it's yes. been that way for quite some time. Yes, we want to hire you. And that's one reason with this podcast is we don't want you to stay in your own way. We want you to know what you're getting into. 
and we want it just to make sense on everyone's ends. So I thought we'd do a quick lightning round here at the end. Just going to throw out a couple quick questions at you and just whatever your initial thought is, is, is what I want to hear. All right. So on a resume, hobbies or no hobbies listed? Hobbies. Okay. I think that's, I think it's insightful about who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. And I think it can make things conversational. You can bring up a hobby off of someone's resume and talk to them and get them know them more as a person versus just, you know, the technical ability. I agree. Next one, education at the top or the bottom of a resume? That's a good one. Um, I would say, I would say at the top, if you are earlier in your career and it's more relevant. So if you've you know, recently graduated at one end of the spectrum, we'll say, absolutely, put it at the top. It's the most important thing. It's most relevant uh, to your skills and qualifications. If you graduated 10, 15, 20 plus years ago, probably the bottom, less relevant. I agree. Yes. Self-assessments on resumes. So an example of that is somebody ranking themselves like 7 out of 10 organized, 8 out of 10 self-motivated. Absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, I, it's just weird to me. I don't yeah. know how else to describe it. It's just weird. Well, if, if it's your self-assessment, like, why are you only giving yourself an 8 out of 10? Like, it's, we're trusting you, like, you're yes. the one saying it, not, like, a colleague or it's, a I, boss. My fear would be, um, yes, it's either so you're not really great at that, or if you are really great at that and you give yourself a 10, are you arrogant? I, it's just like the yeah. interpretation of that is maybe a little questionable. Yeah. Right. I agree. Yeah. Cover letter or no cover letter? What do you think? No. Well, okay. I think I should say that I focus on a resume, focus on that concise language, you know, your experience, where you worked, all in a bullet point, nice to think is important to me. But I don't. I don't need one. Do I've, like got a, I've got a little different take. Yeah, yeah. I would say um, it's not that often that we get like a detailed, very thought out cover letter. But to me, it sets people apart. Like when they take the time to write the cover letter and explain. Again, it has to be concise, but explain why they're qualified for this job and why they want this job. They've taken the extra time. They're driven. They're motivated. They really want this job. That's a, that's a differentiated for me. So maybe the takeaway is it doesn't, at least this is just you and me, right? But it doesn't uh, make as big of a difference through the screening process. But once that's passed on to a hiring manager, that can that can be a differentiator. Yeah. And that, that definitely echoes the different people are reading your resume. All right, cool. And then GPA or no GPA on a resume? I like seeing a GPA again if it's relevant, right? If if um, if you graduated and there's no line in the sand, but let's say if you graduated within the last five to ten years um, or more recent than that, put it on there. It's still relevant. What if it's a bad GPA? So would we agree if your GPA is good, you should put it on there? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's like a threshold. There's Whatever like you're the, comfortable with, if you feel like you had a good GPA, put it on there. If you didn't, then Maybe, maybe you admit it. Yeah. But if yeah. you don't put it on there, I'm probably going to ask you anyhow. Yeah. So, 
I would say add some context. If, mm-hmm. if your GPA isn't what, it's not something you're proud of or where you wanted it to be, I think that's where the phone screen comes in. Mm-hmm. GPA you know, by no means everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that's all we have for now. I want to thank Brian for joining me, talking about the whole process from, you know, we get a resume to having you have start your first day. Yeah, thanks, Sam. I hope everybody finds it helpful. Thank you for listening to this episode of CEC Explains, brought to you by Civil and Environmental Consultants. Got a question about this episode or an idea for the next one? Reach out to us at cecinc.com slash podcast. Don't miss an episode of CEC Explains. Subscribe now wherever you find podcasts. Because when CEC Explains, you're always invited to listen. Looking to become part of a company where you're encouraged to explore your passions, where people come first, where above and beyond is the standard, and where you can take ownership of your future? Join the team at CEC. Visit our website at cecinc.com jobs to apply today.